With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Research and development. Putting in the man hours to study the science of what you need. Last week, we put liquid paper on a bee. And it died. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! Can I tell you something though? You're getting angry? I love you. Yeah, you big guy. Welcome back into another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. As always, the big ugly guy talking here, McNutted. You can find me on Twitter at Iowa Michael. And of course, my boy is joining me tonight. As always, the better half of 4D, Adam at ATM4D Chess on Twitter. How you doing, Adam? Mike, I'm doing fantastic. Dynasty Degenerates, welcome back into another week. Uh, it's crazy to think, Mike, it's November. We are fastly approaching like it's not only have you not picked your direction if you haven't picked your direction but like even if you haven't picked it it's fucking clear like playoffs are coming the picture for playoffs are getting clearer and clearer by the week it's time to talk you know fine-tuning and a lot of things but it's crazy to think how quick this season's gone man i was just thinking like i wanted to do a uh, a mid-season episode and then i just realized the mid-season's already passed man we're uh, we're only a handful of weeks right five six weeks away from most people's playoffs starting um, in the fa- fantasy world, and that's uh, holy shit, <laughs> holy shit, we're here. Yep. You better have a direction pick. But Adam, before we dive into it, make sure the people know that they need to be checking out everything Destination Debbie's doing. And the easiest way is to sign up for the newsletter. Get in touch with the newsletter. The link will be in the description on your podcast feed. Just scroll down a little bit, pop that, sign up. You get everything destination debbie's doing plus all kinds of stuff that doesn't actually make a content show right so won't be on wake up won't be on one of these podcast feed extra content and it's all free it's all free but i don't gotta tell you adam i love writing for the newsletter you love writing for the newsletter by far and away the best newsletter out there for anything fantasy football related and not only that man they give out free prop bets (laughs) free betting tips to actually make you some instant cash <laughs> instant cash to go in there and win that money so i don't know about you man i i have this envy where i wish i could do more of it but yeah the, uh, the state of iowa hates me so <laughs> i know man <laughs> they hate I, having fun <laughs> I, I love watching you know ray and jay rich and they do the prize picks right and i'm like man they're making a lot of fucking sense and i look at their you know past bets and i'm like they're they're winning a lot of money but why can't I get on prize picks out here in Ohio? You know, it's just nothing good happens in Ohio. So why, why would they let us be on prize picks? But yeah, make sure you're checking out the newsletter. Not only is it fun to write for Mike, uh, for me, it's actually, listen, since, since we've started picking up our content, you and I, 
I'll admit it's been harder to consume content like I used to before doing this podcast, before doing other content creation. But I will say there are, are staples that I do not miss, right? All the guys here at Destination Devi, everything they're putting out, audio, video form, I'm checking that out, right? And the newsletter is absolutely one of the things that not only I, I enjoy writing for, like I really enjoy reading. And honestly, it's quick and it's easy, easily digestible. But the best part too is, Mike, you think about, like now I think about, okay, you, you read that real quickly and then you think, how am I going to apply this? And I think it makes me sharper as a whole. So um, if you are not subscribed, it's free too. <laughs> Just do yourself a favor, go check it out. It, it's, it truly is phenomenal. Yeah, all these people, at least me, I get all these spam emails in my folder. And it's the one email that I get that I look forward to getting every Friday. So most of the time it's, you know, ads for Viagra or weight loss or, you know, <laughs> something of that sort, right. political ads. Hey, it's all trash. Credit card offers. And I'm like, finally, something real that I actually care about. Thank you. And it's real easy, uh, right? If you're listening to this podcast, we got 4D Fridays, right? Go ahead and add to your Friday plate the newsletter. You sit down whenever you got a minute, even if it's the porcelain throne material, I'm telling you to go check out the newsletter the same day you're listening to this pod. All right, man. Well, it's not technically mid-season anymore, but Adam, what I wanted to do tonight, kind of a fun episode, make us think on our feet and have a discussion and give people some actionable advice. We get flooded with questions after questions. What are you doing with this player? What are you doing with this player? What are you doing with this player? We have people... In contender mode, we have people in rebuild mode. We have people kind of stuck in no man's land thinking about what they want to do for the future. So what a better way to do it than let's have an episode of buy, sell, or hold. And we have so many players to talk about, Adam. Let's just kick it off. So what I did is I went back through ADP, Adiko's ADP. Okay. If you listen to the show, you know we've uh, how much <laughs> I we, praise we, the tool. That we have Adico propped Adiko left and right, every almost every episode, right? So for those of you who are unfamiliar, he found a way to take the API from Sleeper, pull real drafts, not mock drafts, real drafts of Dynasty ADP. So I'm looking at the final version, where we were at right before the season started. And the first guy that jumps out to me that people have questions about, and even I have questions about Adam, is one Jonathan Taylor. He went at the 104 right before the season started off, RB1, locked and loaded, you know, the three stud quarterbacks went, and then it was Jonathan Taylor. Adam, right now with Jonathan Taylor for you, you got to give the people an answer. Is he a buy, is he a sell, or is he a hold for you? Yes. Um, now, I would say... <laughs> yes. I mean, <clears throat> I would say this probably depends on what I'm doing, right? Um, I would say if you had to give me a specific answer, like I can't talk about different team builds and just generic answer... Um, he, he's, I, I wouldn't fight you if you said hold, but for me, he'd probably be a buy just because I think there's a narrative growing right now with the injuries, um, with, you know, his lack of, you know, production since week one, that offense not being very good, Sam Ellinger being there and the whole running back market as a whole being so pushed down. I think there's probably an opportunity to buy Jonathan Taylor a lot cheaper than you might think. Um, yeah. So, so for me, I guess knowing that, I would rather, if I think an asset is getting too lowly valued, um, I, I'd rather be on the buying end than I would be on the selling end. Now, if I'm rebuilding and you know you want to get Jonathan Taylor off or it's a failed contender or whatever, obviously the, the question may be answered differently. But for, for me, I think generically I would say he's a buy. 
Ah, man, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go a different direction than this, but I'm gonna have to agree with you, man. Um, I really want to say a hold, but I think buy is the play, right? I'm seeing all the negative information about Jonathan Taylor. Um, he has fallen. I think I saw a uh, a tweet from Ryan McDowell about DLF mock draft ADP. Um, yeah, he was outside the top six or whatever in uh, one quarterback. Yeah, like this is how far like he's kind of fallen. Um, keep trade cut. Remember when he was just in a, a, rate, a tier of his own for the longest time, right? We had the little Brees Hall rise, and he started to approach that territory. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor's still RB1 on there. But, man, is it close, right? 64.95 for value to 64.93 for Kenneth Walker. So, I mean, we're talking thousands, thousands. That's how they're valuing. And we're talking two, <laughs> a difference of two between RB1 and RB2. Insane that we've come to this this spot, but I get it, right? This season has not been great for one Jonathan Taylor. Agreed. With that being said, isn't it all talking, isn't it all cost dependent though? Really, with buy sell yes. hold, like what you're going to yeah. sell, buy and hold for? Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that second part too. Then, <clears throat> if he's a buy or if he's a sell, like what we're looking to acquire, what seems reasonable for us, we'll talk that through. But Jonathan Taylor, I mean. Adiko's ADP, I said he had him at 104 um, on keep trade cut. He's down to 11th, man. He's almost out of the first round in Superflex. Almost. Mm. Almost very back end. If I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor right now, Adam, dynasty value, I want to buy him because of the things that I've seen. We, we kind of talked about it on our AMA last night about the reasons that I'm pro Jonathan Taylor. One, being a first two years, being a top 10 running back both years in your first two years is, is highly impressive. And the RB1 last year, and people kind of dunked on him too because it was the lowest RB1 overall scoring season fucking forever, it seemed like. But it's still a positional advantage that you get over your league mates week in and week out, even if it is a lower RB1 overall, similar to like tight end, right? Tight ends generally don't score a hell of a lot of points, but... We, we talked about it in the warp thing, like having a guy like Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews means the world because everybody else doesn't get to have one of those guys. Everybody else that you play every single week when they plug in their lineups or even in best ball when they make their lineups aren't putting a guy that good in there. So with Jonathan Taylor, you're still buying a young running back, and I know we have the whole RBs are dead and you know he'd be going into his third year before he returns value. I mean, Saquon Barkley's a freak, but the next freak running back I can think of that comes to mind is a guy like Jonathan Taylor. So who's to say we couldn't get another three, maybe four years of RB1 level type production out of him going into 27, 28 age of his career. So right. if I'm looking at that right now and the value is so depressed, I'm not going to pay what it used to be for Jonathan Taylor, but the value is depressed. So why not go ahead and try to make that purchase? So with that being said, Adam, if you're looking to acquire a Jonathan Taylor, what's the sweet spot? What's the max just generic value that you want to pay to go out and try to get Jonathan Taylor? And you're still going to feel like you're getting a deal. I think right now I'm willing to send a 23 first and like a 23 second, um, or like a first and a nice, you know, what looks like a nice player, um, wide receiver range, uh, maybe something like a Traylon Burks who's not doing much for me, something like that. I think that's probably my top type offer in that range. Um, if I'm getting, if giving you a Burks and a first, um, 
Hell, maybe you might even be able to sneak Sky Moore in there if someone still is willing to value that name. I, I, I don't I don't really want to pay two first, though, for Jonathan Taylor. I'm not saying that I wouldn't if it push came to shove, but I, I think I'd try to stay south of two first if I'm buying. I, I think, too, I, I kind of want to stay south of two generic first if I'm buying. Right. Obviously, if I, those are going to be late, whether they're my own or whether they're somebody else's that I know for the next couple of years, like – we we kind of all been in those leagues where you can identify, man, this team's going to be good for a while. And we kind of talked about how you can identify those teams on past episodes where it's, man, even if I take like four, five, six guys off their team and they just never played again, this team is still towards the top half of the league. This team is still really good. So if I've got two firsts that I feel really comfortable about, even two years out thinking about 24 firsts and how much I really want those picks, if they're on the later side, though, Adam, to buy Jonathan Taylor now, I think that is my absolute top dollar. But I'm with you just generically. Like, I'll send out a first, a second, and maybe just see what the other kicker piece would be. Like, if it's a Christian Watson or a Sky Moore or something like this where, you know, they, they want to buy it because they think it might be an ascending asset, which is a reasonable deal on their part. I think just to secure it, that is something that I'd be willing to do. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you there. Um, I I think obviously you know Scott and I talked about this um, on one of our patron um, live streams. Mike, I I think the thing with the, with Taylor too is when I'm buying, it's got to be a team that I've correctly assembled, right? And I, I think yeah. that's the main thing to take away here is if you have a team that's truly built correctly, like you you have a lot of the top warp wide receivers. You have two legit quarterbacks, right? And you can make the push, and Jonathan Taylor does help push you over that edge. I'm in at that price. But I think, like, where the generic information just saying buy as a, as a whole is a little bit, like, deceiving is because if you don't have that team, I, I'm not really going to go buy Jonathan Taylor unless I'm getting a steal because – I don't want to pay full price on Jonathan Taylor for my team not to be a true contender. Like it, it doesn't really work out well. Yeah, that's for sure. It uh, it kind of feels like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul when you do those kind of situations, right? Where you don't exactly. Uh, you know, I'm I'm making a false buy, right? I'm looking at it going, oh man, do I really want to do this? Because if it backfires, Jonathan Taylor, what I'm purchasing may not be enough to cover the warts that I have on the other parts of my team. And then when those warts really do show themselves, now I'm out of assets. I'm out of liquidity to go try to fill that spot. So Let me very you- dangerous game. But if you already have the depth and your team is well-constructed and Jonathan Taylor would be that piece to help your running back core, you already feel good about your quarterbacks, your wide receivers, and your tight ends. You already have some depth laying around. By all means, man, I'm, I'm looking to send out offers for JT right now. Yeah, I think the other thing to keep in mind, it's gone back and forth today a couple times, I've noticed, but I did see the screenshot where uh, Kenneth Walker on our Keep Trade Cut website, Mike, had vaulted to RB1 ahead of Jonathan Taylor. He currently is back down to RB2, but um, I'll tell you this much, man. I like Kenneth Walker a lot. You and I both touted two Kennys, one draft, right? Kenny Pickett not looking so great. Kenneth Walker looking (laughs) really good, right? But – Let's say this, if I'm if I'm able to pivot from Kenneth Walker to JT, if someone's willing to let me do that, and there's either a straight up or not really much of a plus going in there, um, that's a move I'd be, could not press the button quick enough on. 
Yeah. Like, I love Kenneth Walker, but I'd help him pack his bags. Yeah, you can <laughs> I'd help him pack his bags. I'll get him a, I'll get him a first class ticket out of here. For sure. For sure. All right, the next guy, we're going to go to a quarterback. And this guy was drafted at the 109 right before the season. It's one Kyler Murray. Now, okay. fantasy production for this year, number six so far, according to Player Profiler. Number okay. six quarterback. Not the worst. And you might be asking, why are there the question marks? Well, we have the question marks because of the the coaching situation, the way the offense has kind of looked not too good at times. Uh, Hollywood Brown, he was okay. The record is not that great. <laughs> not that great. There's a lot of questions surrounding whether or not Cliff is going to survive the season. I think the contract says yes, just financially. like the, They both kind of feel like they're locked in. But we've seen stranger things happen. The offense just doesn't look good, man. And, and Kyler is kind of showing his inefficiency. Scott talked about this on his pod Monday, Destination Dynasty. If y'all haven't checked it out, go listen to that. Kyler was pretty far down his list when he was looking at uh, in-depth about how many times a quarterback throws the ball, the yards per attempt, right? He had a bunch of metrics that he was looking at. And mm-hmm. Kyler just really feels propped up by the fact that they throw the ball a shit ton in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And if that were to ever regress, Kyler then becomes not a great fantasy asset. So it's kind of like that unshaky ground. So I have gotten quite a few questions on Kyler Murray. So I'll ask you this, Adam. Your opinion, Kyler Murray, keep, sell, or <laughs> buy, sell. You got me the keep, the trade, keep trade cut. cut I thing. thought you were yeah. going to give me the keep trade cut. <laughs> no, no, I ain't going to give you the keep trade cut. The buy, sell, hold. That's my bad. Keep trade cut got me thrown off. I, I'm talking about it too much. No, you're good. Um, this one's interesting, Mike, and, and I think it's a good one. I'm glad you brought this one up. I've gotten pegged about, you know, so many people asking uh, with Kyler Murray what to do and this and that. L- let me say this, Mike. Um, I-, I think this one really depends on a lot of different things. So first and foremost with him, before I answer the question, I just want you to keep in mind this. The quarterback landscape is absolutely fucking a disaster, right? Um, like when you look at just the quarterbacks – um, you know, once you get past Kyler, so if you go like Josh Allen, uh, what do you got? Mahomes, Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Lamar, right? And Kyler. Let, let, let's just say that's the top seven-ish. And then you yeah. got probably, I would say as soon as Watson's coming back, which keep in mind, that's going to be very soon, four weeks from now. Watson goes ahead of Murray, in my opinion. Um, and then you got Dak and T-Law. That, that's 10 quarterbacks, Mike. After you get past there, People might be starting to come around on Tua now, but there's still this concussion scariness over looming him, right? Then you get to gross territory for a lot of people in Superflex, Mike. I mean, I like Kirk Cousins just fine, but if you go to keep trade cut, speaking of keep trade cut, you're going to see he's way down the list, right? Derek Carr, they just scored no points, a complete zero last week versus the Saints, right? Uh, Kenny Pickett has not been looking good. Justin Fields starting to come around, but like, Mike, it's just... The quarterback position, then you get to like, what do you got? Wilson, you know, Stafford, the colossal disappointments, the older guys. All that to say, Mike, like, I'm not going to make Kyler Murray a sell just because of that. Because I'm not really itching to get off of a top 10 quarterback, albeit he has been disappointing. I'll admit that right away. I would say he's probably more of a hold for me. Um I would buy if it's cheap enough, if someone's worried, but I, I just don't think that's realistic and super flex to buy that type of a quarterback cheap. Um, 
I think he's probably more of a hold. If I'm selling, like I'm okay selling if I'm getting, if you're going down to a Tua or a Cousins and getting a real plus, like some serious pluses back. But outside of that scenario, man, I think I'd probably just rather hold on on Kyler, even though there's definitely concern long term and what's going to happen in Arizona. Damn, man, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, those scenarios too, like the the seller, the buy, price dependent. I mean, we can spend hours talking about price dependency on it, but he's going to be a hold for me. And, and one of the reasons he hold, he doesn't really make the sell category and he doesn't really make the buy category is I do have concerns about him. So on the buy side, I have enough concerns where it's just like, man, I don't think anybody's going to give me a deal on him, right? Because of positional scarcity, what you talked about with the quarterback situation. And the reason he doesn't make the sell category is if I go look at keep trade cut, man, he's, he's player 18 overall. QB seven, like he has fallen off, even though he's producing fantasy points, right? We talk about being QB six on the year. People are seeing through the bullshit. <laughs> People are seeing, seeing the same concerns and having some of the same concerns we are. So by keep trade cut standard, Adam, like the crowdsource data, it seems like the people out there really don't want to go out and make purchases of Kyler, which means that market would dictate that I'm not going to get the return I want. Now, you may have outlier situations where somebody may meet that, but in general, this has shown me that that's probably not going to happen. So if I can't get the return I want and I can't really get him at a discount of where I think he should be by quite a bit, that makes sense for me. You just got to hold it and ride it out, man. Hold on hope and, and just come on, please get your shit together. And then when Hollywood Brown comes back, maybe that's kind of the missing piece of the offense to click. You just really hope they start stacking wins up, right? So we have some continuity heading into 23. We don't have a whole lot of coaching staff changes. Mm-hmm. We don't have a whole lot of personnel changes mm-hmm. that that scare you and then throw a whole new wrench into the works on how that's going to work out. So Kyler Murray, man, hold for me. Yeah, I, I think, too, um, direction talk that we talked earlier um, and always need to keep that in the forefront of your mind. If I'm a contender, like – I think the the reality is moving him unless you're getting a legit quarterback points per game back and a plus, it's not going to work on a contender. If you're rebuilding and you're going to get a true haul for Kyler, a three first type deal, I'll send him packing as well. But like, if I'm a contender, I think what you're probably going to have to do is try to hold him and then in the off season, right? Because he's still going to be a top ten quarterback. Maybe you can move him appropriately at that time. But right now, I'm not trying to play the the game of trying to figure out who I'm going to put in my lineup that's not Kyler Murray and figure out the value unless it's, it's something that just makes way too much sense not to take the offer. All right, let's move on to the next guy, and this one's going to hurt. This one's going to hurt both of us, but it's oh, Kyle no. Pitts at this point. It's Kyle Pitts, man. Okay. He's going to be on the list for a lot of people. Um, 110, so back into the first there for ADP-wise. Kyle Pitts... I think Adam, you and I kind of expected this. At least we talked about it a little bit when we're drafting Kyle Pitts. We thought possibly he could have a good year this year. But you looked at the Atlanta Falcons with Marcus Mariota at quarterback, and you didn't have a whole lot of faith, right? We kind of knew what Mariota was. We weren't buying into it. Adam, does it change at all, though, from what you've seen this year? Like, has your opinion of Kyle Pitts changed? Buy, sell, hold on Kyle Pitts. Where are you at? Um, I'll tell you this much. There's no, there is no, like, 
I am not going to sell Kyle Pitts. I'll say that right now. Um, you're not going to get what I believe that he's worth long term. Even on a contender, I would try to extract everything else out of Kyle Pitts, like outside of my roster that's not named Kyle Pitts. Um, if someone's going to give you close to old Kyle Pitts type price, the rare exception if you're going to move Kyle Pitts. For me, he's definitely not a sell. I would say, you know, if he's on my team, he's a hold. And if he's not, I'm probably trying to buy. I, if I'm on a contender, Mike, I'd say this. I'm not looking to go acquire Kyle Pitts on my contenders today. So I guess because of that, I'd probably say he's a hold um, to answer the question generically, right? Because if I'm a contender, I'm just not buying. I'm not in the Kyle Pitts buy business. It's just not what I'm looking to do. Um, so if I have him on my teams, I'm holding. If I can get him, though, at a reasonable price, which right now people are panicked, he did come off of a good week this week, so it might not be as bad. But if I could buy cheap, I'm still about Kyle Pitts long term. The reality is, to your point, I think this is the problem with Kyle Pitts is Mariota's there. They're they're winning the division. I mean, my gosh. I know. They're winning the fucking division with this bullshit. Arthur Smith is trying to kill him. Mariota's killing him. And then let's even say that they don't win the division or they do move on from Arthur Smith and they do – you need all these things to happen, right? You need – a better, you need better play calling. You need him getting more opportunities. You need a better quarterback. All these things are ifs, really, for him to take off and be the Kyle Pitts we all want him to be, the unicorn. But you're seeing this year, which I think part of last year he was so damn good because he hit over a thousand yards. He had some bad games, but he was so good last year. Even we saw potentially him not being a stud, but nobody really saw him being this bad. I think the reality with Kyle Pitts, why it's a little scary, is this range of outcomes on the contending side, like how long until he breaks out to be this elite, unstoppable force that we all want out of Kyle Pitts? There are a lot of question marks, and that does scare me. But I think with me, Kyle Pitts is going to be a buy. I'm going to put him into the buy category. And kind of like that famous TikTok that's been going around for about a month now, he's one of those guys on the scale of fuck around and find out. I want to fuck around and find out. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I, take it to the max. Yeah, I think it's tough to answer the question. I, the reason I say hold is because, like, on a contender, I'm just not going to buy Kyle Pitts. Like, let me ask you this, Mike. Would you buy Kyle Pitts on a contender today? No. Okay. No. And so that's why I say hold. Now, to your point, though, like, any any of my teams that I am not a contender, an elite contender, and you know we've talked at length, Dynasty Degenerates, you know, my teams, if I'm not looking at elite contender, I'm trying to go the other way. And if I'm not an elite contender, I am absolutely trying to buy Kyle Pitts. I'll say this, Mike. One thing about him is on the buy side, I, his price is so wildly a variable. Because mm-hmm. we're in leagues with people that are pretty sharp and are still super high on Kyle Pitts. And they're not trying to come off Kyle Pitts light, right? But I've been in some leagues where – like, I saw Kyle Pitts. Someone beat me to Kyle Pitts for a first and a second, and I almost fucking threw my phone. Like, that's going to be a late first in 23, which is – like, I like the 23 class. Don't get me wrong. I even like the late first. But one of those and then probably a late 23 second, like, I, I was kicking myself right then and there for, like, I should have really pressed on this guy more, you know, on what he's what his price was. So, yeah, I think it's a variable what he really is going to go for. Yeah. Right now on Keep Trade Cut, he's a 31st player. Um, he's dropped 11 spots since the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Like that's how far he's gone down. About 2,500 points in their value system. 
Uh, a little bit of rebound, like you said, because he had a, a good game last week. But overall, it has not been good for him, and he's dropped. If I think about it, man, the 31st player, I mean, we're we're midway through round three of a startup for Kyle Pitts. I'm willing to pay that price all day. And for me, if he's going to be a buy, I think a first and two seconds for me is probably my cap on what I'm willing to send out. Now, I don't quite want to get to that like too late first territory for a tight end who has a lot of ifs, but I still want to find out. I still want to aggressively pursue him. So I think there would be some situations um, from a portfolio standpoint, like if I just don't have a whole lot of shares of Kyle Pitts, that I might be a little bit more aggressive in some leagues to try to get some more. If I already have too many, then I kind of put that hard cap on like a first and two seconds, and this is as far as I'm going. So that's the value I have. Do you have anything different about what you would feel comfortable sending out for one Kyle Pitts, Adam? Um, Mike, I, I think that's about right. I would say this. Um, I, I still do really believe in him being long-term and absolute stud. He's still so damn young. Um, he's still so gifted. So, like, on my teams that are not even going to – like, my rebuilds that are basically more than a year out, I think that valuation is correct because I think that's probably where the market is. Um, I, I would say this. If I've done my rebuild right and I have a bunch of assets, I'm not really into consolidating on rebuilds. You and I both know that. Kyle Pitts would be one of the exceptions where, like, I might – I would probably send two later first if I can project that they're actually later. They're not mine. That's probably my top dollar for Kyle Pitts. Uh, outside of that, like, there's just – I don't need to pay that right now. And it doesn't look like for the rest of the year, Mike, there's a scenario coming where that value bump's going to get much higher than that. So for me, that's why that's my top dollar because even if I believe he's going to go north of that, it's not coming this year. So why am I paying it today? I get you, man. I get you. Let's move on to the next guy. We're still going to stick in the first round, and this guy was drafted right after Kyle Pitts at the 111. And that's one Najee Harris. <laughs> we oh, get no. questions all the time, especially from our guy Mikey, always asking about Najee Harris. Think about where this has gone and uh, some of the videos floating out, specifically after this last week. I know that one's making its rounds about Najee Harris. Where are you at with Najee Harris, Adam? Buy, sell, hold. Ugh. Mike, I, I let me just get that out. Dynasty Degenerates, ugh. This is a this is a pill that's tough to swallow, right? I'll tell you that before I answer the question, Mike. I, I want to talk about a few things here. Um, what's very interesting about this entire thing is how last year their offensive line was really bad, and Najee Harris still smashed, albeit it wasn't efficient, but the volume just outweighed everything, <clears throat> and he was good enough to where he was still making plays on his own, right? He was out there getting things done even through the air. And uh, he was getting a lot of catching work, right? He's got a ton of passes as a rookie. This whole foot injury or whatever the heck's going on with him physically, like he has not looked explosive at all this season. And every time you're thinking like, all right, maybe he's going to get healthy. I, I have not seen the pop. I've seen some times where he's gotten through a hole and he still has the strength and he carries two defenders forward, but he does not have any of this explosion that he had in the past. That worries me. Um, I do think that he will be able to get healthy in the offseason. Part of the issue, though, Mike, is we've talked about this. One of our differences with him and like a DeAndre Swift, who obviously now DeAndre Swift can't stay on the field and has injury concerns as well that are really, really starting to mount now. 
But the difference was we thought that the shelf life with DeAndre Swift because of his usage was longer than a Najee Harris because he's going to take all this work, all these hits. He's already older coming out as a senior. So all that being said, the, the, the problem with him is everything I just said is baked into what the hell he's valued at now. Like he is not somebody that anybody is trying to get right now. Contenders can't move him. A lot of rebuilders want no part of him. So, so here, here's what I would say. Like, I think you on the contending side, I think you have to hold just because I, I would sell, but who? Nobody is paying you jack shit for Najee Harris. I think that's has to be said. Mike, for me on rebuilders, I bought two shares just because it was so cheap. Mike, I cannot believe halfway through the season, a little more than how ridiculously cheap I got Najee Harris, and 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 for that, to your point, I'm on that scale. The more you fuck around, the more you find out. I'm willing to find out if he'll bounce back next year. I'll be honest, though. It doesn't feel great like doing anything with Najee Harris other than selling. The problem is nobody really wants to buy. That's true, man. And I think because nobody wants to buy, that makes him a buy for me. Agreed. He's a buy. He's a, he's a gross buy because of the cost. The craziest thing when I look at Najee Harris, right? So if I look at his 2021 versus 2022 stats, it's just how similar a lot of them are, other than a few key key things, Adam. I was looking at to see like maybe maybe uh, Pittsburgh seeing more men in the box, right, with the Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky than they did with Ben Roethlisberger, and maybe he's getting less shotgun carries and he's more under center. No, it's almost the exact same across the board. Maybe the run blocking rating, right, the player prof- profiler gives for it was better last year. Nope, still fifty third in the league. <laughs> Still, it was dog shit last year. Still dog shit this year. The only key ones that I can really find is what you were alluding to a little bit earlier: the explosiveness. Right, his breakaway run rate in 2021 was 3.9 percent. This year, it's down to 2.8 percent. Right, and he went from what was a top 30 option in the entire league last year. Now he's at 45. Juke rates down, evaded tackles down, breakaway runs obviously are down. Yards per touch. Yards created, all those metrics are down across the board for him. So it's just the explosiveness just hasn't been there. And and kind of to your point, I don't really want to, but just because of the way where we're at as a community on Najee Harris and he's getting all this hate, I think for the right price, man, I'm willing to go in. And I think that price is pretty prevalent across the board. Like I've seen those deals that you've gotten done. And I've seen other deals across leagues where people are getting Najee Harris and what they're getting for. I'm like, shit, man, I'd like to find out. Like I'm willing to risk it to find out if he's worth anything and he can rebound at all next year. If this offense looks better, if their offensive line gets fixed, if Kenny Pickett starts playing better. So Najee Harris, man, buy for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the old excuse passes. Oh, he was injured. It's the foot. That's why breaking in a new quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, earlier in the season. Blah blah blah. I will go ahead and make all the excuses for him. And if I get pie on my face, I get pie on my face. But I think he's at that point where I want to buy shares of Najee Harris. That being said, what's your max price to go out and acquire Najee Harris right now? Great question. I was gonna get to that, but let let me say this, man. I think see. What you just alluded to, too, and what we, what you and I kind of talked about is what's what's scary is it's a Najee problem, right? And I think that's where people are very panicked. Like, the situation looks to be the same or similar, 
right? Maybe not the same, but it's similar, right? High volume. I mean, he's still 11. With an injury to his foot, Mike, he's 11 in snap share and 7 in opportunity share. Like, it's not the volume, which basically we all said was the reason he's valuable. It's a Najee Harris problem. That's where it's scary. And so to answer the question, let me just finish this real quick. What that does is it really puts contenders in jail, right? Because he's not helping you contend. If you have him on your team, especially if it's lineup, Mike, what's the problem? You have to say to yourself, I'm going to sit Najee Harris, who you've invested heavily into, right? That, that sucks. So if you keep putting him back in the lineup because you don't want to sit him, he's actually hurting your wins. Like, that's the crazy part. So contenders are in jail. So to answer the question, Mike, I'm not letting anybody get a – nobody's getting a pass on Najee Harris for me because, frankly, he's hurt enough of my teams that I'm not letting somebody else get a pass, right? Very fair. Very and fair. Right? I'll say this. I can't move him for shit in those scenarios. Mike, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not paying a first. No way. Nope. Um, in best ball, I've sent three assets that are helping contenders, but they're junky, right? James Robinson, Jeff Wilson, Curtis Samuel. I sent that for Najee Harris, right? In best ball, I was willing to do that. I, I honestly, like, I don't even know. Maybe, probably, I'd give you a second and something else, but, like, I'm not really paying up for him. Um, so, like, it's going to sound crazy because I'm saying he's a buy, but I'm saying I'm not paying up. But it's just because the market doesn't dictate it. I feel I feel where I'm at is my max price. I'll give you two seconds, but neither one of them is going to be early or have a chance to be at early. If I think I have somebody second who I think even has the remote possibility of, you know, if player X gets hurt on their team, they're screwed at quarterback, they're going to be a bad team. I'm not sending that person second. Yeah. Or if that if that's my team. If that's my team where I'm like, I'm like two, three injuries away from being dog shit, I'm not sending that second. But if I get two seconds, I feel good about being mid to back end, that'd be the max offer. But I'm with you. Where I'm going to start is I'm going to send you a second, and then I'm going to add in whatever junk I think can get the deal done. Well, and you know, I, I think, see, here's the thing, right? From a valuation standpoint, right, rookie draft picks to give you a an idea of the value, I, I think, you know, a second and a plus, two late seconds, I think for me is tops. But here's the thing, right? The way you're going to acquire Najee Harris, like some contenders not looking to send you Najee Harris for your liquidity in back-end seconds. They're going to look for pieces. The reason you're moving him is for pieces in your lineup. So more often than not, you're either going to give him one, one value and pick to try to help make the value in the trade overall better or two guys that are – gross like they're not long-term staying power plays but they're helping him win that that that's the way i want to buy Najee harris mike is more of i'm sending you lineup fillers people that are going to help you contend but they're not really for my build what would you think about like adding something if you even needed to add something but you and i both have a lot of jk dobbin shares and I'm not going to lie, I wanted to put him on the list, but he's so far down that it's almost not even worth talking about. And I'm pretty much almost to the point where I'm just kind of out on J.K. Dobbins. That second knee surgery, you know, I mean, getting rushed back the way he did, like highly concerning for me. Like we have another lost season. Yep. I, I envision a lot of problems. And, yep. and Jeff Mueller at Destination Debbie kind of touched on it. Like 
I mean, we're going to throw around two words here that are going to sound petrified, petrifying to a lot of people, but you mentioned the words Todd Gurley and people start to shit their pants. So yeah, yeah, you're kind of getting some of those vibes where it's just like, man, I love the guy, what he could have been that, you know, I really wanted to see him back and I was all aboard the JK thing, but I'm almost just completely done with him. What if I had, what if you had to add a little something to uh, like your JK Dobbins shares for Najee Harris? I mean, I, I would, yeah, um, absolutely. I just, I'm having a hard time understanding. Let me say this. Yes. The answer is yes. I just, I'm trying to think of like the scenario where the contender is moving off of him for JK, or may, maybe it's just a scenario where this team is a failed contender now and mm-hmm. they're trying to move on from Najee and they're somehow willing to take, they've fucked him into oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> they're failed. They're a failed contender at this point. Yeah. Najee's fucked up, fucked him over. So now, but then like, they're trying to just get out of Najee and they end up taking Dobbins for a, a little plus. And I, that would be a big win in my opinion. And that's should be saying a lot. Cause I think Najee is an extremely risky asset and for a lot of people, a bad bet. But I think just I just think J.K. is a worse bet because here, here's the thing too. On top of all those injuries with J.K., like there was still and we never even got close to an answer really of the role. Like remember before before J.K. had the injury, which Harbaugh, what a fucking idiot, man! Like literally to to set the preseason win record, he's got these guys out there. You you may have ruined the guy's career, a, a promising young running back for your team. You may have ruined his career and they've, they've been hurt because of it. They, they, they keep putting out these plotters at running back, you know? Um, but to me with JK, the thing is we never got to see was the role actually going to be what we were hoping for, right? Part of the argument before he got hurt, Mike, was is he going to catch enough passes? He's just going to get 12 to 14 carries and is that actually fantasy valuable? So that question still is looming on top of this crazy injury. The really crazy thing, Adam, Najee Harris is down to 71 on keep trade cut, and he's RB20. J.K. Dobbins is our RB25. Mm-hmm. Now, he's below him, but people almost give J.K. Dobbins a pass for having a serious injury that could just derail his entire career and never be amount to anything. Najee Harris is out there actually playing football, whether you want to say healthy or not, but actually suiting up, playing games, scoring fantasy points, and people almost hate him more. <laughs> almost well, hate him more because of that. What's also interesting is, Mike, I pulled it up here since you talked about it. Um, they are 20 and 25, respectively, at running back. Um, and there's like, looks like, you know, almost 20 spots breaking the two of them up total in overall Superflex rankings. But go ahead and talk about what we talk about all the time is tiers. Their tiers say that they're tier 10. They're the exact same thing. Correct. And if you use keep trade cuts calculator if you know somebody who does adam the difference between a Najee harris and a jk dobbins according to keep trade cuts rankings you're looking at a rashad penny uh how's he doing this year right <laughs> injured terrace marshall if you want to buy into that cool kj osborne jalen tolbert who we've seen almost nothing from or a carson once right yep none of these guys like Adam, if this was the difference between me sending away J.K. Dobbins to get Najee Harris and putting my money on Najee being healthy and having a rebound versus a guy with a very serious knee injury that has now required two surgeries, I'm going to go with the Najee, man. If K.J. Osborne's the thing holding that deal up, see K.J. Have a good one. <laughs> I hope you pack your bags too. Peace. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, 
Yeah, I think let's just call it what it is. Najee is not somebody anybody feels good about. He's a gross buy. I think that's the reality. And if and if you want to just stay away, if you don't have him, you want to stay away. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blame you for it. By all means, by all means. All right, let's move on to another guy. A little bit more fun to talk about. All right, we've talked about a lot of guys on the negative spiral. Let's talk about some ascenders. Some ascenders, and it 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 kind of illustrates the the fantasy landscape, the dynasty landscape, where we spend all this time talking about these first round busts. <laughs> we got to get into the other rounds before we talk about ascensions. I really wish it was the other way around, but here we that's are. The way we're at. Yep. Tua Tungavailoa. What an ascension, especially after last week, for him. So he, right now, when he was getting drafted, ADP-wise, so mm-hmm. if you think of Adiko's ADP, 412, Adam, QB 16. 16. And you were just talking earlier, he might be in QB1 territory, <laughs> just by default. Just by default. So right now on Keep Trade Cut, he is up to 25th overall player, QB8, right. Adam. right. QB8, holy shit. Tua Tungavailoa, buy, sell, hold. Where are you at on Tua? Okay, interesting one here, Mike, because um, Dynasty Degenerates, I want you to think about the way this has unfolded. And, Mike, I'll talk a little bit about kind of where I was at and why I was not quite as panicked as everybody became. Not because there's not real reason to panic, but I just thought it it got too far. Like, after he had that horrible hit man i mean there's not a human being the human element of any person should have had your heart kind of drop sink to your stomach and you're just like holy crap man they he he probably had a concussion or you're worried that he did and then like they suit him up on a short week and it's like wow like they're leaning into this and then he, he gets the same type hit that looked really bad and you see you know doing the crip signs and stuff and it's just like man this is that's scary for somebody, right? So at that point, Mike, it, it had reached a panic point and people were just wanting out on Tua. And, and understandably so, considering what you saw, considering the fact that a lot of his value bump from the offseason was based on one game, right? There, everybody kept citing that. And, I, and understandably so. Because in the offseason, he was a very polarizing quarterback, right? A lot of people were just out on Tua. They didn't want him. They thought of him as a gross quarterback. And, you know, like you and myself, we're probably in more of the rare camp, but a little bit it seemed like a truther. But it's just the reality. We thought he was depressed at that time. So now, Mike, what was interesting is, like, I just was not about selling Tua at all on that. Like, I was basically, to your point on that chart, I was willing to fuck around and find out because people are talking about sending a late first. Just get to just get rid of Tua for a late first, and with the way quarterbacks operate in dynasty superflex leagues, <clears throat> that made no sense to me. Just because, like, you're not going to be able to replace him very likely with a good quarterback or a quarterback that has draft capital in the back half of this round one. So, like, to me, I was always in on like don't sell Tua yet. Now I'll say this: if you're somebody that was worried and still are, like, you are now at the point. Mike, to me, I'm going to answer this way. For me, he's a hold. I, I think at the current price, like I'm not actually going to be a buyer on two. I already have enough shares where I don't need to be. Dynasty Degenerates, keep that in mind too. If you play in a lot of leagues, your portfolio exposure could change your answer for this. But like, I'm not going to be buying anymore at this high price. 
I'm going to be a hold because I still believe in talent. I believe with Hill and with Waddle, the way they've set him up, he is set up for success. And how gross the quarterback landscape is, even if you think there's a couple good ones coming in 23, how much does that change shit? We're talking about, what, 14 guys now we like instead of 10? Like, I'm not moving Tua personally. But if you were scared of Tua and you're like, I was – I wanted out of this business, and but I couldn't move him because nobody wanted him either with the head and the concussions. This is your chance to sell and probably get real value back to where like, you're not just selling at a scared loss anymore. You're actually getting somebody back that could make sense right now. I, I, I want to say hold. I want to say hold. He's not a sell, man. I still believe in Tua. Agreed. Actually, Adam – I really want to say buy too, but it just seems like if I'm looking at where keep trade cut has him right now, like where people are valuing him and the rise and all the praise that's starting to get heaped on him. Like he's entered that territory where I just don't want to pay that. I don't want to pay that. So I, I don't have any of those. I don't, I put the concerns to bed about the health, the concussions, right? It, it took me a bit and I was with you earlier on, but I'm over it. Like I, I, I don't have health concerns with him. I'm not going to play that way. I'm not going to play scared. And I'm really excited to see what he's done, what he's become, what he's growing into, the way this offense looks. And I had a shit ton of, of two of shares beforehand. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of that, pure honesty, maybe some of that is bleeding in where I just already have a lot of two exposure and I just don't want to go out and get more. It's so tough for me to put it, though. I, I think the average person, he should be a buy, but market's dictating that it's just probably not smart to do that at that point. So I think he's got to be a hold. Like, he almost just falls into that category by default, and it's it sucks to say. Right? Well, it's, it's Like, I want to get more, like, yes, buy into two and really lean into it, but I can't. I can't I can't do that to the people. I can't tell the people to do that. Well, see, and, and, and like, I like this game. I really do. Like, the buy, sell, hold, give me an answer. Like it, it, it's, it's a good one. It makes you think, it makes you talk out reasons and the scenarios that are happening right now. And I think Mike, it's a good one because not just to the, the game in general, because it's such a reactionary dynasty fantasy football that we play today. It is incredibly reactionary. And, you know, I think this game helps people think out, like we talk so much strategy and we, we need to, but talking to real people and how you move those pieces I think it's big and there's a lot of questions that people have on these guys in particular. But let me say it this way, Mike. When you talk about Tua, like I think he is a prime example of why like me giving you one answer is not really how I feel totally, right? Because there's a lot of factors I think that go into Tua specifically. So for me, right, like you and I have been big on Tua. Um, you, you talk about you have a lot of shares. Mike, Mike, I have six shares of Tua, right? So like that's already I'm comfortable with that amount of exposure. Here's the thing though. A guy like him, I'm not actually going to bake that in too much. Now, I think it should be baked in some, right? If I had two shares, I'm buying because I'm I'm more of a hold, I'm believing. But I think this is ultimately so much about your league, man. Cuz I'll say I'll say this. I saw so many people that were actually like really fearful of their two shares and just wanted out. If I can go to managers like that, and even if their price has gone up a little bit, but they're still like, I want to get out of Tua, I'm out of this business, like I'm buying. I don't care how many shares I have, I am buying. 
strictly off of Superflex quarterback value, not to mention the fact that I have true belief that Tua can be good. And he's showing that he's – you may not love him, but he's going to be someone that if he's on the field with those weapons, is going to matter in fantasy a lot more than you thought. Um, and I'll say this too, Mike. Like, I think I, I would sell – because of the reactionary stuff, like if the true, like I don't know how realistic the keep trade cut ranking is as far as what you're going to go see in the market. If somebody's willing that's desperate for quarterback and is willing to pay me true QB eight price on Tua Tagovailoa, I'd probably sell too. Like that's I think that's where this one is really dicey and interesting because of how polarizing I think he really is. Yeah, it's uh the kind of out of sight, out of mind thing too. Um, you know, if I'm just looking at it, I don't want to get in too much to debate about like rankings, but he's right behind the guy we just talked about, Kyler Murray. But he's ahead of guys like Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. And if I'm looking at that, I'm going like, nah. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I, I, I still want Deshaun clearly above him. And Leaps I and think bounds. Dak, I think Dak is in the conversation. But I, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. But my fantasy team comes first, right? <laughs> I got a lot of Dak Dude. Prescott. I still want Dak to do well. I want Dak Prescott more than I want Tua. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, th- that's where I think it's polarizing and why it's so reactionary. So, Mike, like when you were trading him, like think about when you were trading him off of that Ravens win where he yep. he did something that nobody – I think this is important to mention. You may say it's only one game. What he did in that game was something not one quarterback did the entire year before. So – Understand that. Like, if you were trading him off the back of that game, you were probably getting something crazy. And then he has the two concussion scare back to back, and you're the value dipped like you can't believe. Like this graph is a wild one. And then now we're I don't know if we're getting up to that Baltimore price, but it's coming back up again. So to your point though, like dude, if if anybody, Dynasty Degenerates, Dynasty Degenerates, if anyone is willing to send me Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott in any type of build. I will pre- I will not be able to press that button quick enough, man. I feel you, buddy. The the graph is actually higher on keep trade cut now than it was after the Baltimore, <laughs> which is wild, right? It's actually wild. Uh, how, I think what kind of craziness? I I think it's because people are seeing it for multiple games, right? You kind of had some games in there before the Baltimore game where we were questioning it, and then you had the Baltimore game, and then you're like, can he repeat this? This is almost impossible to do. And then you know what happens, man. He just comes out this last week and is like, yeah, yeah, I can do the Baltimore shit all over again. It, it, that wasn't a fluke. I'm letting y'all know I can do this at just about any game against any team. doesn't matter. So I, I like Tua, man, but I still think he's just a hold because of the weird value part. But I'm in agreement. The intricacies of it, if somebody's going like, I'll give you Deshaun Watson and something, or I'll give you Dak Prescott and something. I don't know if it's going to happen, but – Tua also kind of has a little bit of a, a stench on him. There's still some hate, right? People still love to make fun of him. You still see some memes on there. Well, if the if the ball wasn't underthrown to Tyreek, you know, the whole fuck that, man. Tua's good at football. I've, I've known he's good at football. I'm happy he's playing well at football. Let's just be realistic. He's fast approaching that where it's like, man, <laughs> you're becoming outside my price range, buddy. But let's yep. move on to another quarterback that's definitely still within my price range. And another guy who is coming on strong. So we're not going to do negative talks. But that's one Justin Fields, man. Mm. Justin Fields, heading into the season, 
I have to find it here, man, because he was kind of all over the place. There was Justin Fields truthers, and then there was not Justin Fields truthers. we got to find out where he was going. Okay, 403, QB 13 in the Decos ADP. And currently, right now, in in Dynasty rankings, he is QB, uh, QB 12. So he's a QB one. Wow. I didn't know if he'd be that high, but geez, apparently the people that keep trade cut, the people doing these rankings have really smartened up. You remember how much we used to dunk on them earlier in the season? And they're actually reacting like like normal people now. It's, yeah. it's wild. Yeah, yeah. 49th overall player. So he's moving up. He is moving up. Justin Fields for you, Adam. With what we've seen in the last few weeks, now you get an addition of Chase Claypool at the trade deadline in case you've been asleep and didn't notice that one. Where are you at with him? Buy, sell, or hold? Um, I, I'll say this. For him, if I'm contending, I, I'm I'm trying to buy. Like, I'm trying to buy. And, and I think, Mike, it's because there is a... Like, let, let's call it what it is. Let's not fucking beat around the bush here. People are very afraid of the passing volume. And the way he's looked passing the football... And the fact that he's not really getting any of his fantasy production via the air, right? So, like, I think the reality is even while he's putting points up now with his legs, and this is what's interesting is when you look at the start of the season, the first four games especially, I mean, people did not want to touch Justin Fields with 10-foot pole. Like, he was, he was quickly moving, like, for dead, literally. Like, people did not want him at all. Now... You're seeing just the rushing basically make this up. Now, granted, he has been better at passing. He, he's finishing very well in fantasy. But my point with all that is I think there's still people that are very concerned about Justin Fields from the first four games that probably were looking to move him and couldn't. And now we're thinking like, okay, I got my chance to move him. For me, even if you're unsure of the future, I think the price on him a lot of times is going to be in the scenario where I'm not really paying for the future anyway. Like I, th- that is all cherry on top. If I land, if I'm landing fields where I believe that he's valued, Mike, I, I think that's the cherry on top. If Claypool comes over and this new regime ends up committing to him. But what I'm looking at right now is a guy that's finishing inside the top 10, top 12, the last three to four weeks. And why would that stop the way they're running the football with Justin Fields? So for me, like he's a buy. Uh, Jim Cramer, Mad Money, right? This is bye 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 bye. Yeah, <laughs> bye bye bye. My for wife me. loves saying the bye 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 thing. <laughs> I'm gonna buy all the Justin Fields I can possibly get my hands on, for as long as the price meets my expectations. But judging by everything, right? We're talking about keep trade cut QB twelve, player forty five. Adam, I got to list off some of these names and, you know, I'm out here getting all soft and praising keep trade cut and the, the people over there who are doing a good job at it with the proper rankings. And then I pull up the overall rankings and I see what's around Justin Fields and Superflex with what he's done and the QB 12 thing. I'm like, all right, good job, everybody. And I see some of the other players around it. overall rankings, Adam. Did you know that Devontae Smith's above him? Yeah, I, Mike, I, I just think Real quick, the keep trade cut valuation where they lose me is how bad their quarterbacks get quickly. Um, yes. It's 100% with you. But I, did, I didn't know who was ahead of him. But go ahead. Devontae Smith, that's – I'll I'm willing to fuck around and find out for Smitty, and I love Smitty. Javante Williams? Whew. 
and injured Javante with a similar injury that JK had, which we just talked about how scary that is. And I'm still willing to bet to take the Javante Williams risk at a cost, but not Justin Fields on a contender. Are you kidding me? Josh Jacobs? Gone. <laughs> Garrett Wilson. I can understand why people wouldn't want to do that because he has looked really good. Uh, I, I would say that's the cl- that that's the one that you've named here that's not like like I would still take Justin Fields over Garrett Wilson, but that one's not egregious. I don't think the other three are like what? Damian Pierce. I could see it, but I want Justin Fields. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Uh, the rest of the guys pretty standard though. I mean, you get like Travis Kelsey, of course, Debo, Dak. Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, obviously the quarterbacks ahead of Eckler, and then you're getting into the Kyle Pitts range. But still, like some of those stood out to me where it's it's like, are we really having this conversation? Right. Like, like I love Smitty, man. I love Smitty to death, but we were just talking about on the AMA. Like this AJ Brown show, Smitty's nice. And for the right price, I want Devontae Smith on my team. But you know, when people are asking, like, who can who can be moved off this failed contender? Who can be moved off if I'm rebuilding and just trying to get assets? Like, Devontae Smith kind of falls into that category where, like, I'll re-roll for a mid to late first next year, and I'm probably going to get something similar in value or similar in level to what Devontae Smith is. Like, it's going to be hard for him to move up and ascend. Shit, it was already hard for him coming off a good rookie year to move up and ascend in dynasty value. actually went down. And then A.J. Brown came in, and it got even worse for him. Right. And then people really panicked the first week where it was – no Devonte Smith and all AJ Brown, and then we kind of see he's still going to have some big monster weeks occasionally, mm-hmm. but more than likely it's probably going to be like it was last week. You know, six catches, fifty yards, a nice double digit fantasy outing, but nothing super spectacular. You know, you're you're not you're not plugging him into your wide receiver one spot and feeling good about it. Okay, well, well I'm, this is a perfect segue for what I was going to talk about. See, see, that's the big thing for me, and I think you know, Dynasty Degenerates, if you tune into this week in and week out. I think one of the things that I enjoy talking about and makes us different than a lot of the other podcasts you'll hear not on the Destination Debbie radio network is that they don't specify what Mike just said there, right? Pressing the button, putting him in your lineup. Because here's the thing with Devontae Smith for me, Mike. This is one of these guys where the difference in league is so big for me. Like he is in this perfect range and tier for me where if I'm in lineup, like, if he's my wide receiver three or something, like, I, I, it is what it is. Wide receiver four, right? You got, you kind of got to just take it. Like, you know, Scott talks about in lineup, you want to have a, a nice stable of wide receivers. So if he's a part of that and not too high up, that's fine. But more often than not in lineup, Mike, if I can re-roll for a chance to get something north of him more consistent, I'm going to do that. But in best ball, Mike, because of where he's valued, I want all the Devontae Smith. Because I think the thing with him that's being – I guess overlooked is that to your point, there are going to be weeks like week one, like this last week, six fifty, very uninspiring week one. He didn't do anything. He didn't do a lick, but guess what? In best ball, Mike, I'm perfectly fine with those weeks. Cause what, what is interesting with him, Mike, is that what Devonte Smith still at, even with all that going on is giving you pop weeks. Like he's giving you a really nice week three, which for his cost, that's hard to get in best ball. So we kind of listed off some of those guys up there, like, and just went over them. Like, those are immediate one for one. Shit, I'll just take Justin Fields on it. But Adam, draft pick compensation wise, if you're buying Justin Fields, 
What's the max that you're going to send? It's a tough one, man. I think the max I'd be willing to send is if I know, I don't even know that you need to do this, but I guess like if I know I'm a locked in 111, 112, I'd probably send it. Um, I, I don't even know if you need to send that for him, but to me, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely willing to send that pick. I don't think though, Mike, I'll be honest. Like I'm not really looking to go a, a whole lot more than that just because like, I don't think it's necessary. Single draft pick wise for me, I'm willing to go up to anything that's outside of the top five in next year's class. As mm. long as it's not a locked in early, I will trade that straight up for Justin Fields. If it is on the later side, Adam, I'm willing to add a second or a couple of seconds. I am willing to buy in on Justin Fields at cost. And that is where I'm going. Obviously, though, like you mentioned, kind of where people are at and where he's ranked on keep trade cut and still some of the stink from the first couple weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's where you have to go. I agree with you. You can start much lower like you're talking about. But if I got to work my way up, man, I want all the Justin Fields I can get. Right? I, I meant it when I said I'm Jim Cramer and I'm buying everything. Well, I mean, <laughs> bye bye. Mike, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'll here, let me say this. I'm not looking, was what I said, to go north of the late yeah. first. Uh, you look at keep trade cut. Now, granted, this is crowdsourced information. I think there's a lot of holes and flaws with it. Like We talk about yes. that, but it's easy to go off of because everyone's putting this information in there. Justin Fields, Mike, in, if, you go, if you remove everything, so it's just quarterbacks and picks, literally right next to each other is 23 late first and Justin Fields. There it is. Um, ahead of him is a 23 mid first. So... Like to your point, like I, I, if it costs me what I think is more like someone else's mid pick, here's my problem with doing that right now. Is to your point before, like, how do I know this is really 108 versus 104? Yeah. A lot of times that's hard to decipher right now because the margins are close. If it, if I know it's 108 today, I'm okay with it. I think right now you can probably get, you can probably dangle that really potential late first and have the manager interested if, if it's like i need to get a quarterback and I, I i'm willing to send that second with you four fields i just don't think like i think you need to really play hardball before you send that second because i just don't think you need to right now all right last one i got for you and uh i've been effusive in the the fact that i i, I probably owe this man an apology i've been slow to come around on him and that's one ramondre stevenson huge riser a la massive, <laughs> massive, riser. massive, massive riser. So the 9-11 RB32 in the Deco's ADP currently right now on keep trade cut player 51 overall RB15. Big jump, big jump for Ramondre Stevenson. So let me ask you, Adam, where are you at on the Rhino? Are you buying, you selling, or are you holding? See, th this one's another interesting one because like RB15 – like it's, I think that sounds a lot better than the valuation of what <laughs> people is. like. See, people don't give a fuck about running back right now. Like, let's put that on the table and admit it. So we're talking about RB fifteen. So that out there, and that being said, like, I, I'd buy. Like, I'll say this though, Mike. I'm not really looking to send a first for not for um not Najee. Sorry, reminder Stevenson. I'm willing to send two seconds. I'm willing to up tier whatever if I need to do something, you know, send a couple players for Ramondre Stevenson. Um, what what I'm thinking that, though, 
here's the thing, right? That where it's troublesome and like I feel like it's risky, but a risk that could pay off too. Um, it could backfire as well. Is like we know what Hoodie does with these running backs, man, and that scares the hell out of me. Um, I'll say this though, from what I've seen out of him, the pass catching ability from him, how he runs, um, like I, it's hard to watch him and not get excited. So like if there's a scenario where Bill Belichick would actually commit to him as the primary weapon, I'm not saying he's got to be the bell cow, but like, you know, the, the more featured of the running backs, like I like what I'm seeing out of Ramondre Stevenson, but it just, I, I, I'm worried about, I'm a little more worried, I guess, probably than the average person about what the long term really holds for him. I feel that. And this is probably going to be the only one where I have any kind of caveat to it. If I'm on any kind of rebuilder, Adam, I'm not looking to acquire Ramondre Stevenson. He's an auto sell. I'm, I'm moving off. That's just the way I value the running back position. Yeah. And especially ones that I'm uncertain or have any questions about their future, right? Like if I yeah. have Javante Williams or I have Brees Hall, being yeah. that they're injured, right. There, there's there's nowhere for them to go but up in the offseason, and we've kind of talked about that. Any other running back, though, Adam, that's really on my team outside of these guys where I'm just hoping, like, the, the lawn darts who, who get a starting gig somewhere and I can sell or flip for value or maybe they mean something when I'm ready to compete. Anything that has real value, the Aaron Jones, the Alvin Kamara, the Joe Mixon, like, it doesn't matter. Those dudes are gone. Those well, dudes I'm trying well, to so, move off. So here's the thing, right? And uh, I didn't answer the question, uh, so – buy sell hold like I want to say buy on reminder Stevenson I do there's a part of me that wants to because it feels like an option that you may not, may not have to pay super high for and it can really mean a lot to you in your lineups if you've built the wide receiver and quarterback and tight end room correctly Here, here's my problem with him and why I'm still going to say a buy but where I'm very hesitant on this answer Mike is like if you talk about keep trade cut you are literally looking at him Mike right now I want to tell you what he's sandwiched around 51 Derrick Henry 52 Reminder Stevenson, 53 Joe Mixon, 54 23 late first. Yeah. yeah. 55 DJ Moore. What, yeah. what like now I don't know if this is truly where the market is, right? This is just people pushing the button on this and could be reactionary cuz he had a good week or whatever, but man, like I'll be honest, those four assets there. Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, 23 late first, DJ Moore. I know M- M- Mixon is starting to really scare me. Um but, like, gosh, if someone sent me an offer on my Ramondre for any one of those four assets, I'd be having a hard time. I feel you. I feel you. And, and that's, I mean, I think keep trade cuts a little bit over their skis on them, like where people are at right. with them. Right. But I will, I will say this. If I just stick to the Ramondre thing, outside of my rebuilders, Adam, uh, I'm specifically looking at my contending teams, Ramondre is a buy for me, and I, and I want to buy him. I will say this. My max price that I'm willing to go on Ramondre Stevenson mm-hmm. is going to be a late first. I will, however, caveat, if there's anybody out there listening, there's a certain someone who's been sending me the offer of my first-round pick for Ramondre Stevenson about every three days at this point, and I keep constantly declining it. But this goes back to what you were talking about earlier, where my quarterback situation in that league, Adam, is Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford. And anybody who's had those two know exactly how that's been going for you, right? Not good. I'm a fringe playoff team, but the bottom of this fucking ship could fall out at any point. I don't really want to be giving up my first for a buy like Ramondre Stevenson because... You lose your, liquid- not- you, you lose your liquidity if you do that is the problem. Yes. 
I'm not solid at, at all the other positions. So Ramondre isn't going to fix the woes of my quarterback and super flex position. So if I was solid every, every place else, like you had talked about earlier, I would go up to my late first if that's what I thought. Ramondre was the piece to put me over. I can plug him in as an RB2, possibly an RB1. I hope I have somebody a little bit better that I, <laughs> like I'm in the position where I already had somebody a little bit better. But at the very worst, he's going to go into a flex spot and be in a positional advantage for me every single week. So ideally, though, I'd rather buy him for Najee Harris prices. But judging by where Keep Trade Cut has him and kind of where the crowdsource market is, whether this is true or not, yeah, I don't think that's going to get done as much. Yeah, I, I think he's he's somebody I would be interested in buying. He's a buy for me, but I, like I, I would try to nickel and dime my way to him. Yeah, as opposed to sending a true late first asset. I don't know that that gets done though. I think you know what's interesting, man. I, I feel like I'm I'm not trying to dynasty generous. You may be sitting here thinking like, man, he's dodging all these questions. He's not giving us a straight answer. I'm trying to. I really am trying to. I feel like I am dodging a little bit too, but. I feel like some of them are a little more dependent. And honestly, I think Mike did a very good job here, Dynasty Degenerates, of giving you players to think about that are a little – they're not easy answers, right? They're they are polarizing. Yeah. You know, e- even at the start, Jonathan Taylor. Like, him and I both are saying bye. Honestly, though, I'll be honest, that that's because I think the market is so depressed on running back that I'm still willing to buy here. If, if we're talking about anywhere near the market of the summer or even – couple weeks no. ago a couple weeks in the season i'm i'm not buying jonathan taylor and i think ultimately that's what i'm trying to get out is it's all dependent on the price and so my generic answers are are based on generic market price and what i think is happening but the reality is this shit gets so crazy in the season because teams are trying to win and they you know some teams that are trying to contend get way over their skis on what they're willing to pay so a lot of this is going to be subject to what's happening in your leagues so take our buy sell hold information uh some of these players that are you know a little more polarizing and yeah think about it for you where you're at and then go ultimately for you you got to see what's happening in the streets right you got to go see what's going on put your feet on the ground go see what's going on in your leagues get out there Send some feelers, man. Never hurts to send some feelers. And, and Adam, you know, man, we, we do a, a ton of leagues, and we've been playing Dynasty long enough that sometimes you send out a feeler offer, right, where you're like, I know this dude is either going to reject this or he's going to send me a counter, mm-hmm. and then maybe we can negotiate from there. We'll play a dance. We'll, that, we'll dance, yeah. Let's dance. You get, that, you get that notification that a trade has gone through in the league, so you like, oh, no way. No way. And you hit the button and you go, I can't believe he took that. I can't believe they hit accept on this. Are you crazy? Right. I'm thinking like, all right, well, somebody else made a deal. Shit, we're active today. Oh, he took that offer? Let's go. You get all excited. So at least send out some feelers, see what happens. I mean, we're we're almost to – you should have been doing it earlier, but we're almost to prime trading season. A lot of leagues' trade deadlines are going to be coming up in the next few weeks as well, especially right before the playoffs start. Pictures are getting pretty clear about who's struggling, fighting to get in, who's already out of it, who's running away with the league, maybe wants to share a few things up. So now's definitely the time. Send out some offers. See some of these guys, if you agree with us and you think they're buys or you think they're sells, send out some of those feelers offer offers and see what you can get done. Yeah, man. Couldn't agree more. Um, ultimately, now it's time to put the work in. 
see what's going on. Um, keep keep all that in mind too with your direction, your team, your build. You know, you, you don't want to be acquiring Najee Harris probably on a contender, right? You, you don't want to be acquiring J.K. Dobbins on a contender. Think about your build when you're applying all this information and, and some of the stuff we talked about. A lot of it's subject to what you're doing with your team and what your your league settings and your league mates are doing. But, uh, Mike, Mike, this was a good one, man. Anything else you, you got before we get out of here? That's all I got, man. I, I just think it was prime season, and, and we've gotten so many questions, whether it's through DM or Patreon, uh, through the Discord, on the AMA that we do on Tuesday night on our YouTube channel. We're constantly getting these questions. These were some of the ones that I was keeping track of when people asking the most questions, and they want the answers. And instead of just giving them to them on the fly, put some thought into it. Let's have a good back and forth about it. Let's get two different opinions. Maybe they're the same opinions, but two different thought processes about it where we didn't talk about it ahead of time. And let's see exactly where we could come to a consensus on what we should be doing with some of these players. Yeah, absolutely. So um, th- th- that's going to do it. We appreciate everybody tapping in dynasty degenerates. Once again, uh, like we said at the beginning, um, another quick reminder, go sign up for the newsletter. It's well worth your time. It's actually more beneficial probably for you. Not probably. It's more beneficial for you than it is for us putting it out there. But it's information you can take advantage of just like this podcast. So go sign up for the newsletter. Make sure you're tuning in to everyone on the platform, Destination Debbie Radio, Off the Line, Ike and Gene. Got America's Game. We got Scott and Eric. We got you know Scott doing Destination Dynasty. We got, obviously, the GOAT, Ray, with Jay Rich doing Wake Up. They got it all over here at Destination Debbie. Make sure you're tapped into everybody. And just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. That's going to do it. Good luck to everybody this week. Hope you get that W you were wanting, or if you're rebuilding, that loss that you always coveted. Peace. Peace. Peace.